Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, and uh, videos of episodes a day early, uh, although not today. Go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. <laughs> you can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Sorry, this episode uh, is a little late. Uh, my dog ate my headphones and that's yeah, not an right. excuse. She really, she really yeah, did. I posted right. a picture on the discord. <laughs> um, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it in the mailbag. Also, Erios has a hotline with a famously hard number to find, even though we say it every single episode <laughs> and it is on our Instagram. The number is 626-604-6264. Write it down. It is really uh, <laughs> popping off. And please uh, call in. We really love your voicemails. They're crazy. Last time, I think someone called in being like, hey, I was possessed and kidnapped once. Like, email me back if you want to hear about it. Like, yeah, we want to hear about everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Melissa, who are our patrons for today? We've got Tessa S., Samantha J., Emily mm. R., and Rebecca M., which is Rebecca oh, the single ladies. Day Mornay. Mm. 
Perfect. Thank you. Uh, thank you, people, for joining. Did you see my new shirt? That is so great. Oh, damn. That's the best. That looks so cool. Paris, Rome, London web crawlers inspired by Spike Jones. It's so cool. I wear my web crawler sweatshirt like almost every day. It's finally in the wash. Too. It's so comfortable. It's, it's like so very, soft. very comfy. Yeah, it's really soft. Uh, it's a good sweatshirt. I kind of want to also get it just as a blank sweatshirt. Like they're good sweatshirts. Yeah, they're like fleece. Yeah, they really are performance fleece. Uh, Melissa, <laughs> what is our episode about today? Well, this just so happens to be another suggestion. <laughs> By Dan Tana. So what happens is we have a Discord. Are you trying to replace me? <laughs> we have a Discord and Maria's Demon in the Discord every month sends us all the suggestions that people have and puts them in a Google spreadsheet. It's incredible. That's so nice. Thank you. And I just go through them. I like read the stories. I'm like, oh, this story's crazy. I haven't heard this before. And this just so happens to be from Dan Tana. Maria, what are you doing? Maria has a post-it note, says oh, Allie. I thought it would be fun to write your name backwards so that it showed up th- looking the right way. No, no it still backwards. shows up backwards. <laughs> I wrote it backwards. I don't think you have your Zoom mirrored. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom makes it correct. What about this one? There you go. That's cor- that, That's good. Did you write that <laughs> forwards or was, did you write that backwards? I didn't even, there was nothing on that one. Oh. <laughs> that's a blank post-it. <laughs> there you go, folks. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about tunnels, hard drives, and fires. That's wow, like diners, a... drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> Lions, tigers, and bears. Okay, so 26-year-old oh Bitcoin millionaire and hacker Daniel Beckwith. Oh my God, wait. Side note, I found out on Thanksgiving that one of my oldest brother like deals in Bitcoin. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he like an invest investor, investment guy? Yeah. Cool. And he like... Bitcoin's huge. And Ethereum. Oh, I have Bitcoin. Yeah. I th- and I thought that that was just like weird per- pervert stuff, but apparently like it's not. Oh, no, no, no. So. It's a thing. Damn. All right. Well, anyways, continue. So back to this this 26-year-old Bitcoin millionaire and hacker named Daniel Beckwith was obsessed with nuclear war. And in 2017, he started building a bunker underneath his house and he hired people to help dig the tunnels, but he had to pick these people up from their homes and blindfold them to drive them back to his house so the location would remain a secret because he was very paranoid. Weird. But then a deadly electrical fire ended Daniel's project. Whoa. So it all started at a tech conference where Daniel was inspired by a challenge to destroy a hard drive. So how did this tech bro's growing paranoia turn into a tragic fire? Let's Let's get get into into it. Beckwith kept Eskia Kafra as a virtual slave, forcing him to build tunnels on his property. He dug an elaborate network of tunnels some 200 feet long. Demanding they deal with the mystery network of tunnels and bunkers underneath the home, as well as the hazardous waste and human excrement inside it. Okay, so a lot of this info is from this amazing article in The Washingtonian by William Brennan. He spent a year investigating this dude. Whoa. This is a story that I've never heard of, and it's shocking because it's right up my alley. Yeah, so it's crazy already. Right up my alley, Siegel. That's what all my boyfriends call me, back alley. (laughs) 
So Daniel Beckwith was born in 1991 uh, in Bethesda, Maryland. His mom, Linda, was a government attorney, and his dad, David, was an opera singer and even performed at the White House. Wow. Yeah. His mom homeschooled him from kindergarten to 12th grade. Yikes. He was really into electronics and technology, and he was also on 4chan a lot. And he was also into talking about head transplants, and he was into beheading videos. He was a weirdo. Oh, Cool. Oh, no thanks. Weird. Yeah, he was, a, he was a weirdo. In 2010, he enrolled at the University of Illinois for electrical engineering, and it was the first time that he had actually been away from his parents because he had been homeschooled. But then his mom died suddenly because she was hiding that she had breast cancer, and she refused to see a doctor. And then Daniel's dad got put in a nursing home for Parkinson's, so this was like kind of a lot for a 19-year-old to deal with. But then his mom left him $2.6 million in a trust. So he was taken care of. So back at college, he got really into Bitcoin and he started trading it. And because the the price fluctuates, you can trade it as a stock. So he got really good at that. It's really high right now, I think. I think Bitcoin's doing super well. Yeah, it's going back up. A couple years ago, it went up to like $10,000 and it went down. But now it's it's going back up, baby. Backup baby. So he got really good at trading Bitcoin. So he's invited to a conference to talk about it. Uh, and by the way, back in like 2010, 2011, Bitcoin was around $10. And now it's like thousands of dollars. I don't understand wow. Bitcoin at all. So like one Bitcoin equals $10,000. I think it's around like $26,000 now. Wow. It's pretty cool. But where do you use Bitcoin? What do you do with Bitcoin? You can, a lot of places accept Bitcoin. It's like anonymous currency. So you can, a lot of online places, I mean, not like, it's not really like commercially used now, but a football player I just saw just collected half of his salary in Bitcoin. He just requested, he was the first sports player to receive Bitcoin just today. Whoa. Yeah. It's a currency of the future. Can you cash out your Bitcoin into dollars? Yes. There's an app called Coinbase. Who gives you the dollars? I I have this app called Robinhood yeah. where you can trade stocks. And like I buy and sell stocks that are like, you know, like a dollar or whatever, just like for fun, just to like see if I can do it. But you can also buy Bitcoin. Whoa. And you can cash out for it. And I own like like a half of a Bitcoin, like not even like a full Bitcoin because it's so expensive. Wow. This is yeah, crazy. Guys, get into Bitcoin. That's like owning someone tearing a dollar in two. And it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my Bitcoin TED Talk. I wonder, talk. can you pay with half of a dollar? No. Like if you rip it in half? Like say you fi- find half of a dollar. No, you can't. I don't think so. You can't. I don't no, think so. Well, that's ridiculous. What about, what if like if the, the edge is cut off? I think that's fine. Hmm. Anyway, anyway. So this guy went to a conference uh, in Vegas. It was called DEF CON. It's like this, the largest hacking conference. Oh, I've heard of that. DEF CON. He called himself Skunkworks, which was his username. Mm. And so another talk going on at DEF CON were these guys talking about how to destroy a hard drive remotely. Huh. So they wanted to make it a competition because it had never been done before. And so these were the rules of the competition. You can blow it up or melt it, but hard drives are nearly impossible to destroy. And they didn't want to have any leftover data in the hard drive. Like you can bash a hard drive, yeah. but like sometimes you can still get like there's still data in there that you can extract. From. Oh, yeah. They have that on like the CSI shows. Like yeah. a hard drive will be burned and they're still able to like get some stuff. Yeah. So these guys wanted to figure out 
how what's the easiest way to just like completely wipe it? And they figured out that you could light it on fire and it would destroy it. But they couldn't figure out how to do that remotely without it catching everything else on fire. And so Daniel, our pal Daniel Beckwit, Beckwit, he was watching that talk and he was very intrigued by it. And so he decided he wanted to try this competition. So he tried a few things to destroy a hard drive. He used lye, which caused a chemical burn. And he used pieces from a microwave to try to shock it, to erase it. And he wanted to use thermite that will explode if heat is applied to it. And it also melts metals. So he bought thermite online. And then somehow the campus police found out about it and showed up (laughs) to his dorm. That's embarrassing. They're like, "Uh, excuse me, sir, why are you buying thermite? (laughs) And so he told them about the challenge. And also owning thermite wasn't illegal. So they basically just like left him alone. What is thermite anyway? It's like a metal powder. It's like oh. very explosive. Flammable. Yeah. So he wanted to be safe doing this experiment. So he dug a giant pit in his backyard and he threw the hard drive in it along with thermite and it started to melt. So the iron in the thermite turned, the, turned it to molten and it completely melted the hard drive. And so he kept doing the experiment to, a few times to calculate the exact amount of thermite it took to destroy it. And it ended up being like one kilogram of thermite. But the challenge was to destroy the hard drive without it destroying the casing or the computer that it was in. Mm. And so his experiment produced a ton of sparks and smoke. So it wasn't exactly what the challenge was. So he spent a lot of time researching like what gets as hot as thermite, but doesn't cause like a huge explosion. And he tested a bunch of different chemicals. He then started making his own thermite mix with random chemicals. And he did over 300 experiments. He was like obsessed with. Wow. So he was getting into it. He, he was, was like, this it. is cool. <laughs> this is my thing. Yeah. So he finally found the right mixture of thermite, calcium sulfate and potassium nitrate. Wow. So now he needed to figure out how to ignite it remotely without it burning down an entire building. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, he built a small box structure out of some fireproof drywall and used an air filter to eliminate the smoke, and it actually worked. He built this contraption where a hard drive would, like, fry on the inside, but no smoke would come out because there's an air filter. That's crazy. Yeah, so he was able to destroy it without producing smoke or destroying anything else near it. So he brought this experiment to these dudes from DEF CON, and he won. What was the prize? I he feel won like there's free like no tickets. Prize. Yeah, he won free tickets to <laughs> ShmooCon, and he also got to present how he did it at ShmooCon. That's it? Yeah, like he got to present how he did this. That's like oh, Great British God. Bake Off, where there's yeah, no prize is. except like a trophy and a handshake. A big, yeah, so silly. <laughs> and he was still currently in college at this time because he was still 20 years old. And in college, he actually hacked into one of his professor's computers and got into his email and find, found the final exam for one of his classes. That's kind of sick. Allie, is that mug you're drinking out of from a box store? <laughs> a Uline. I just saw that and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I just ordered boxes from Uline. When I worked at the art gallery and I would have to do a lot of shipping and packaging, we would get our boxes from Uline. And if you ordered a certain amount of boxes, they would send you like swag. <laughs> so I have one, one time they sent me a Uline. I love teacup. that you stole that from the gallery. <laughs> It's really funny. It's a nice nice coffee cup. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is that one of those like ironic designs? (laughs) (laughs) Like number one, dad. 
Um, <laughs> the only thing about Uline, they have great boxes for an affordable price, but they're a Republican company, which is unfortunate. That's, that's what I, I, I don't buy Uline anymore. Yeah. Well, for those of us who can't afford <laughs> the more expensive box stores, Uline is quite the deal. Yeah, they, they are, are cheap. a good deal. Yeah, they are you cheap. Know? And have great mugs. If you're into mugs. <laughs> uh, so this guy, Daniel, he hacked into his professor's computer, got the email, uh, got the final exam. He sent an email from the professor's email account to all the students saying, this email has been hacked. This is the ECE hacker. So the professor noticed this and contacted the campus security and they looked into it. And they found someone posting on Reddit as the ECE hacker. And so those posts led them to the blog of someone named Skunkworks. And the blog had a picture of Daniel on it. So the police got this a search warrant. This guy's a doofus. Yeah, he's not very, he's not very, he's like technologically smart, but like, he's kind of an idiot. Uh, so the police got a search warrant for his house. His room was, this is a quote from the, uh, the arrest thing it says the room was riddled with trash electrical wires partially eaten food computer equipment a bare mattress lay on the floor surrounded by lock picks a rucker 22 rifle and the hood of a fire protection suit oh my god and on his computer was a racist messages he'd written a cache Yikes. of social security numbers and documents that connected him to the hacked emails Ooh. And they found all sorts of different hacking evidence. And he was arrested January 2013 and charged with fraud and forgery. And he accepted a plea deal, plea deal and he was only charged with computer fraud. And he had two years probation. It's crazy that you can steal people's security numbers, social security, and only get probation. Yeah. He was like 20, I think he was 20 or 21 at the time. So this is like his first. What college like did he go crime. to? Uh, University of Illinois. Maria silly, scared silly, <laughs> scared silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's we, we'd accept him if yeah. need be. Well, He's, you might prime you might candidate need to after yeah. after the shenanigans. He, he could pulls. take our explosives. He, he could take like our our <laughs> yes. confetti explosives class. Yeah. <laughs> Those guns that only say boom when you raise it. Yeah, he'd love that. He would like that. So Daniel moved back to Bethesda into the house where he grew up at 5212 Danbury Road. So his dad still owned the house, but he didn't live there. So Daniel lived there all by himself. He was still really into Bitcoin. And so the price was slowly going up. It went from $10 in 2011 to about $100 in 2013. So he was mining it and he was selling it. And by the end of the year, Bitcoin rose up to $1,000. Oh, my God. So over the next few years, he had Bitcoin equal to about $1 million. So he was a Bitcoin millionaire at 25. And then he changed his username from Skunkworks to Three Alarm Lamp Scooter. This guy's a bozo. (laughs) (laughs) These are the worst usernames I've ever heard. It's like a reference from a Neil Stevenson novel. It's stupid. No, this guy just looked around his room and was like, there's yeah. an alarm. Three alarm. There's my lamp. <laughs> I have a scooter. Ew, why does he have a scooter in his room? <laughs> Gross. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So in 2016, he did his talk at ShmooCon, and he wore a full fire suit on stage, gloves, mask, and the talk was called, This Message Will Self-Destruct in 10 Seconds, where he talked about more ways of destroying hard drives. The talk was pretty dense and boring, but then he started showing demonstrations of hard drives being destroyed. Oh my God. And was the audience like clapping and being like, woo! Yeah, it's like that Microsoft video from the eighties where Steve Jobs, Steve Ballmer, Wozniak, or whatever. Like, yeah, (laughs) those are great videos. Uh, The videos were filmed in what looked like some sort of underground tunnel. There was like Mm. six foot high dirt walls, and during this time, he became more worried about the future and politics, and he was worried that some huge nuclear attack against the U.S. was probably going to happen. So he was becoming like super paranoid. And then in uh, DEFCON in August 2016, he did another talk about how to create a uh, do-it-yourself nuclear shelter. And he talks like super fast about physics and chemicals. And he's showing pictures of bombs made from plutonium and the history of nuclear weapons. And then he mentions how Donald Trump was right about the nuclear arms deal. Then he talks about ways to protect yourself from a nuclear attack. And he actually gets cut off by a moderator because his time was up uh, so he never actually got to the part about how to build a nuclear shelter and i have video from this and it is it's like a crazy person just like rambling okay so i'm three alarm lamp scooter and uh today i'm giving a talk on diy nuke proofing so show of hands real quick anyone here try to come to this talk last year oh my god anyone oh my god. that's sick got with his little okay? like anyone spotted alien as a bed costume on panel that uh, replaced this talk last year <laughs> okay i guess no one's that brave so anyways <laughs> uh got a little little background radiation i guess you'd say as far as uh motivations for this Oh, this looks boring. And then he like keeps going on and on. Quick remedial physics lesson. You've got uh, two different main isotopes. People are like, we can't understand your mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Okay, let me try and speak up a little bit more. So we're going to have a uh, like a 90-second remedial physics lesson here, if my microphone can work properly. <laughs> We've got two different isotopes of uranium that are kind of important to all this. One of them is uranium-235, the other is uranium-238. They uh, differ by three neutrons, and that is why they have differing mass. Kind of the real short version of this, I had a lot more prepared, but you can use what's called... He just does that for the whole talk, uh, and like no one is laughing at his jokes. Like He's trying to be like funny, and everyone's just like, what is going on? And like the moderator... Is like, okay, okay, we gotta stop. He's like, oh, wait, I'm not done. Nightmare oh, person. Nightmare person. Crazy. So that was like four years ago. So then he gets really into studying soil and the layers of the earth and how to dig tunnels and build reinforcements. And then he decides to turn his house into a nuclear bunker. Mm. Oh, jeez. And so Daniel and his father were already hoarders. Their house was just full of stuff there's photos online of just like piles and piles of stuff in their house. And so by October 2016, he started to build a bomb shelter in his basement. He started digging and jackhammering a corner of the basement and he knocked out a four foot square. Then he started digging out the dirt. He filled buckets with it, taking the buckets upstairs and then dumping them outside. And he wanted to keep this a top secret. So he told no one. So he kept digging and digging and he got far enough to where he needed an extension cord for lights. And then it got really dusty and the air wasn't great. So he made a ventilation system. He was 15 feet down and the bunker was like two feet wide so far. Whoa. And this was only the entrance. So he needed to make the actual room for the bunker. So he kept digging. He kept filling buckets with dirt. This is what he did for years. And eventually he made a space big enough to put a bed in. What did he do for money? How was he making money? Oh, he was already a Bitcoin millionaire. He's a Bitcoin millionaire. And his mom left him like $2.5 million in a trust when she died. Oh, wow. He would bring down food and water and a TV. He even got a Wi-Fi signal down there. It was like this nice little cozy bunker. But then he wanted to make something bigger, and that would take more time, so he decided to get some help with digging. The only problem is that he didn't want anyone to know the location of this bunker. And so he hired this 20-year-old guy named Doug to help with the digging, but he would blindfold him so he wouldn't know where the tunnel was. No way. He would have to go to his house, pick him up, and drive him to the house. And Doug brought his dog along to keep him company. And he spent six months working for Daniel digging. Just digging, putting it in buckets, and like taking it out. And then in April 2017, Doug was getting pretty bored. And so he told Daniel he was going to quit. And they left. Yeah, he left on good terms. And then so Daniel needed another worker. And one night, a 20-year-old guy named Askia Kafra was on Blab which is this like video chat site. All these things sound fake. Blab, swoosh. <laughs> like, that's just, Shmoo-con. none of these things sound real. And Daniel was streaming alongside Martin Shkreli. Oh boy. Who's this guy? Martin Shkreli. You know who Martin Shkreli? No, I don't. The pharma bro who like hiked the price of HIV drugs. Oh, okay. Like a thousand percent. Did you read that jail? recent article about that woman who fell in love with him? I didn't read well, it. Well, yeah, I read, but I didn't know that was him. Yeah, he's this gross. I was on that email chain. Do you remember when he like tried to leak the Wu-Tang album? Oh. And there was that he had like emailed it to all the journalists. I was on that email chain. You were? Yeah, let me see if I can. You better search your Gmail for Shkreli. <laughs> but that, if you guys haven't read the article, there's a journalist who fell in love with Martin Shkreli and it was all, she left her husband for him. 
Oh my God. What year was it? It was Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. Oh, wow. It started off with, I know you're smart. Oh, wait, actually, I think think it was, I think it was a uh, Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. There's like so many emails, but yeah, he, and then he also, he didn't BCC people. He, he, (gasps) he didn't blind carbon copy. So everyone could see each other's emails and then everyone kept replying all. So it went on for days. Oh. And everyone on the thread kept emailing each other. It was oh, horrible. Oh, God. People trying to be trying to be clever and Everyone funny. kept trying to be oh, funny. It was so it's the horrible. Worst. Yeah. Anyways, it was like a real, it was a real crazy thing. What a crazy person. Yeah. So yeah, he was somehow Daniel knew him or like they were friends or something. So this kid, Askia, sent Daniel a message telling him about an app he had an idea for. And Daniel agreed to invest $5,000 and pay him $150 a day if Askia would help him dig his bomb shelter. He's like, I'll invest in this app. Oh, my God. I'll pay you 5000 but you have to come help me dig a tunnel. And Askia was like, okay, cool. But Daniel was even more paranoid and didn't want Askia knowing where he lived. So Daniel would drive to Askia's house, which was four miles away, blindfold him and drive 40 miles out of the way before going back to his house just so he couldn't lunatic just so he couldn't calculate where Daniel's house was, (laughs) which is crazy. So with the help with Askia's help, the tunnels became more intricate with different wings and passages and rooms So this tunnel under his house was just like becoming crazy. There was heat. There was light, electricity. They had TVs, Wi-Fi. There's video game consoles, beds, refrigerators, air filters. There was a bucket to pee in. Well, I find this interesting. They used wiper fluid to stop it from smelling. Weird. Like they would pee and shit in this bucket. But it was filled with wiper fluid. Oh, my God. Why could they have like a video game room, but not like a bathroom? Well, because you got to get pipes. Weird. I would put the, I would put the time <laughs> and the pipes, money in. Yeah, it's all the whole thing. <laughs> so he even set up the Wi-Fi with a VPN. So when Oscar looked at his phone, it showed he was in Virginia. He didn't even want him to know where he was. What a lunatic. And then some areas in the bunker were locked. And because of all the electronics and the heaters they used, there were a ton of extension cords down there. <laughs> just, there's pictures of this. It's just tons. That's funny. When Oski was working, he would take pictures of the tunnels to send his girlfriend. And he would post pictures on Facebook. He'd be like, at work. It'd show him like in this tunnel, like digging. Askia didn't go home every night. Sometimes he would work for a few days at a time and sleep in the tunnel. Ew. Because he wasn't allowed to go upstairs in Daniel's actual house. What is this guy's last name? I I have to see a picture of him. Um, Daniel Beckwit. Why does that name sound like familiar? He's just like your basic white bro. Oh my God. Just like a nerd. Ew. Jeez. I hate it. Uh, and so Oski is if you, you Google his the the bunker, it's fucking crazy. So Oski's parents knew he was doing this work and they were concerned and wanted him to quit. And he told his girlfriend the tunnels were a hundred feet long and fifteen feet deep. And on September tenth, twenty seventeen at two PM, Oski was working in the tunnels and he smelled smoke. Mm. So he texted Daniel who came down to the basement and he saw a circuit had tripped in the electrical box. 
and some of the lights were out because of this. So Daniel tried to find the source of the smoke, but because he's a hoarder, it was very difficult to navigate through all of this clutter. And so Daniel couldn't figure out the problem, so he just switched the circuit breaker back on and he went back upstairs. He's like, oh, it must be Mm. something shorted. He just like switched it and went back upstairs. Something Mm. I would do. Yeah. No, it's probably nothing. (laughs) There's smoke, probably nothing. So two hours later, Daniel smelled smoke and went back down to the basement and he saw a fire and it was spreading quickly because of all the junk down there. And he tried to put it out, but he couldn't. And the basement was full of smoke and he tried to get Oskia, but he couldn't see anything and his lungs were burning. So he ran out of the house and he called 911 and it was around it was around 430 p.m., which was the end of Oskia's workday. So Oskia took off his work clothes and he was getting ready to put on something more comfortable. Sexy. Yeah. And he heard Daniel yelling that there was a fire. So he ran to the tunnel's entrance and he looked up and he saw the fire in the basement. So it didn't start in the tunnel. It started in the basement. Oh, God. Oskia was below. Oskia climbed up the ladder. He was naked because he was the theories that he was in between changing from his work clothes to like his like sleeping clothes. So he was trying to climb up into the basement to try to escape. And it was dark from the smoke. And because he was blindfolded every time he went through the basement, he didn't know where the stairs were. He didn't know once he got up into the basement, he had no idea how to where the door was because he was blindfolded every time he went down there. And it was just full of stuff. So he was trying to escape this room, but he was disoriented from everything like the smoke and like the clutter. Uh, The firefighters arrived and Daniel was outside and he told them that someone was still inside. Oh, shit. And so the firefighters opened the door to the basement and a few feet from the exit, they found Oskia laying there naked, but he was dead. That's so sad. Yeah, he was just a few feet from the door, oh, but he didn't. He couldn't see. Didn't know where it was. He had no idea. And so the county boarded up the house and put a sign on it that said it was unsafe to enter. They figured out that the tunnels were about two hundred feet long, which is like about the size of like fifteen car lengths. Oh my god! Or if we're measuring in Dippin' Dots freezer, that's about fifty Dippin' Dots cars. Wow! <laughs> I can visualize that. Yeah. Fifteen cars or fifty Dippin' Dots freezers. Like, <laughs> I like it. Those. Yeah. And so the neighbors were worried that the, this tunnel was underneath their homes. So they're like, "What the fuck is like? Is he digging under yeah. houses? Or is there gonna be a sinkhole?" So Oski's parents pressed charges against Daniel. He was arrested in May 2018 and charged with second-degree depraved heart murder and involuntary manslaughter. Depraved heart means you, ha- you had to have taken an extreme risk with someone else's life, but it wasn't premeditated. Uh, oh, interesting. Which is exactly what... Yeah. Like, he didn't want him to die, but he knew what he was doing was dangerous. Yeah, I've never even heard right. of that. Interesting. So, Daniel was aware that the conditions were dangerous, which is what they were trying to prove. And so Daniel's lawyer said that Askia was not held against his will because he was posting photos of himself working on Facebook and he looked happy. That was the defense. Well, he was down here willingly. He looked happy. Right. And then the city sued him for having to fill in the tunnels and demolish the house. Ugh. But I don't believe they've filled in the tunnels yet because they can't get down there. Because the city doesn't let anyone go down there. They've gone down into the entrance and you can see like there's pictures of like 
the bedroom or whatever, but they don't go far back because no one is allowed to go back there because it could collapse. That's crazy. But they did find that the tunnels reached under public roads. Jeez. So, like, it's crazy. And they couldn't have a robot go down there because the ground wasn't level. Mm. Like, it's all, like, dirt and shit, so they can't... I don't know if they've actually filled in the tunnels yet because it's so dangerous. They don't know how to do it. Jeez. And so, in April 2019, Daniel went to trial and it lasted seven days, and he was found guilty of both second-degree depraved heart and involuntary manslaughter. He was sentenced to nine years in prison. Oh, wow. And then Asuka's family filed a wrongful death suit against him, and I because it was like... This was a year ago. I think this is all ongoing still. Oh, my God. And apparently there's stuff hiding in the locked areas of the tunnel. No one can get down there or no one's been down there yet because it's so dangerous. I wonder what what's hiding down there. I don't know. Maybe it's Fen's treasure. (laughs) (laughs) And his Reddit page is still up. Like you can read all of his everything that he's like commented on on Reddit. Jesus. Three alarm lamp scooter. Three alarm lamp scooter. And then a county firefighter testified that there was was five to seven feet of items with some areas of narrow pathways in the basement. And it took a team of 24 firefighters nearly three weeks to clear the residence because there's so it was just he was a hoarder. There was just so much stuff in there. Nightmare. Yeah. So obviously something in the basement caught on fire. And what's sad is that I read in one article that Askia possibly could have lived if he didn't go up into the basement, if he stayed back in the tunnel and just waited for the fire to go out. But like, if you're in a tunnel and you smell yeah. smoke, you're running out of there. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Wow. All his whole, um, his whole thread is like very. His Reddit. Yeah. Like anti-homeless, like anti-trans. Oh, really? Yeah, he does not seem like a good dude. Uh, I mean, I think we already knew he wasn't a good yeah. dude, but... God. Oy vey. Well, I'm glad he's in jail. Seems like he was really afraid of Korea. Korea nuclear yeah. war. He was like, there's going to be a nuclear war. I'm building this bomb shelter. Yikes, man. Weird. But also, he was homeschooled. That's <laughs> and that's I mean, I think the real uh, the real takeaway from this episode is don't homeschool your kids. No, um, <laughs> Melissa, if anyone has any information on this guy, uh, where, where should they where should they contact us? Or if you've ever built a uh, bunker or if you've ever built a bomb shelter yes you can email us at a webcrawlerspod at gmail.com yes please get at us anyways i am ally uh water bottle uline chapstick (laughs) seagull (laughs) i am melissa seven lacroix (laughs) earpods stetton and I'm Maria Kranz Post-its phone. Blasucci. <laughs> Bye guys. Kran- Bye. Kran- Kran- sushi. An Erio's original. 
sponsored by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.